From the West Coast! To the Middle Coast. Was that Troy? No, actually. This is the Coast to Coast NBA. Wait, you're supposed to. This is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan Carlson. Oh, Carlson. I never knew your last name. What's up, Dylan Carlson? I'm Chalanga. I decided. Langason. Langason. What a name. Chalanga, Langa, 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 Langason, y'all. Why, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Welcome to the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. We got off to a really just hot start there that was so hot dylan i don't even know what i'm gonna keep and what i'm gonna cut just just fly by the seat of our pants keep it all baby keep it all uh so how you been dill oh i've been so good i've been working way too hard i'm still reeling from the perk pod Mm, eric perkins i dream about him every night ever since that that wonderful evening everybody everybody listen to the perk pod Go it's back, good. episode 40, give it a download, give it a listen. Mm-hmm. We need to get over 100 listens, y'all. That's what we're looking for. This is all about growth. We're mm-hmm. trying to grow our brand. That's mm-hmm. why I'm using my last name, mm-hmm. so everyone for sure knows who I am. Yeah, that's so smart, Dylan. This is, this is why we have yourself. Dylan here. Dylan <laughs> is the smart one. I'm just the pretty fucking face with the tight bod. Perfect face for radio. Who's willing to do anything for a buck. All right. Uh, well, you want to get rolling here, Dill? Yeah. Uh, Who do you got over there? I all right. Some some uh, snickering. Oh, you heard that? Oh, you heard that? Oh, yeah. We, yep. we are being joined uh-huh. today by uh, our, our dear friend and our new correspondent on the Coast to Coast NBA mm. podcast, Mr. Troy Oslin. Troy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's good? Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you, Troy. Hi, Troy. It's nice to meet you for the first time ever. Yeah, for real. And I met you guys at the Eric Perkins pod, which everyone should listen wow. to. It was very good. Episode Thank you so much 40. For coming. That was so sweet. I remember, uh, do you remember when I first saw you at the Eric Perkins pod? And I was like, hey, are you Troy? <laughs> I didn't know that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was the first person I saw. Dylan was the first person I oh, saw. Cool. I was like, Chalang is busy. This guy looks vaguely familiar. I'm going to introduce myself. <laughs> Dylan, you're so you're just such a gracious, gracious host. That's fantastic. All right, so before we get rolling, Troy, I've got a couple questions for you. First, how did you get into basketball? My uh so my best friend that got me into sports just had me play a basketball tournament with him. It was awful. I played terribly, and I just wanted to keep playing and keep being better. I started following the league, playing fantasy basketball and stuff. Got really into the whole Twitter culture and like everything surrounding the nba it's the best drama on television and it's just kind of blossomed from there and it's been a good time i would i would probably say now confidently that basketball is my favorite sport i like the way they dribble up and down the court (laughs) (laughs) knew that one was coming and i don't know how because we definitely did not fall start on this podcast last week curtis blow everyone Uh, shouts to curtis blow I want to say a quick thing about fantasy basketball. Yeah, Dale, go ahead. I think it's horrible. I think that fantasy basketball needs to be fixed. So if anyone listening to this podcast knows how to fix fantasy basketball, please email us at coasttocoastmbapod at gmail.com. Number two. Yeah, you know, the season is too long. This is for another pod. We'll have a whole pod on, on ideas to fix fantasy basketball because I actually have a few ideas, but... 
we will save that for another time. Troy, one more question before email we... Email us, Chalanga. Oh, please email us at Coast to Coast NBA. No, oh, you want me to no, email? you should email us with all your ideas about oh, fantasy basketball. Oh, yeah. shit. I was just calling you out, I guess. All right, I'll send you, I'll you, send you guys you. an email. <laughs> Troy, one more question. I can't wait. <laughs> before we get rolling, uh, who is your all-time favorite Timberwolf? All-time favorite wolf. All-time favorite wolf based on memorability, Michael Beasley. Oh, It's definitely Michael Bad Beasley. Take. Dylan, do you hear that? Uh-huh, I hear that. I hear it. It's shi- I'm shivering. I think I'm that's a, a that freezing take. cold take of the north. Oh. Troy, why is Michael Beasley your favorite Timberwolf? <laughs> hey, man, he was a walking bucket. He was... Like his whole career, which he's now playing in China, <laughs> the man was a walking bucket. I actually went to high school with a guy that like kept. Um, oh, I got disconnected from the Discord. Oh no! What are you guys yeah. using for? He keeps telling internet. me I, I have like a really shitty connection. I don't know why. Uh, we're using huh. your dick. <laughs> My dick is not very good at supplying wireless internet from two thousand miles away. It's got that Ethernet, Believe it or not. Ethernet connection. Oh, speaking of Ethernet, LeBron's going to bring the Ether. Did you hear that? After he heard the Griff comments? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for next season. It's going to be so fun to watch, no matter what happens. 35-year-old LeBron. It's going to be fun. Why do you have to be such a LeBron hater now? We One of the things we I'm not a LeBron bonded hater. over. I'm not a LeBron You're hater. You're just a Laker hater. I do hate the Lakers. I don't hate LeBron. I don't know why you hate the Lakers. I have the to Lakers, hate the Lakers. Minnesota, baby. That's exactly why? why I have to hate the Lakers. Because they fucking... You love me team. and I moved to Los Angeles. There's no goddamn lakes in fucking LA. Los Angeles stole me and you still love me. Give us our banners back. <laughs> That's true. They should give all their banners back to Minneapolis. That would be nice of them. But they'll never admit that they aren't 17-time champions or whatever. They've they got enough. They want to make themselves out to be. They've got enough. Yeah. All right, but they just want to count it so they can keep up with the Celtics, and they shouldn't. They I'm gonna s- none of them should count. I'm gonna start with uh, Troy. Wait, can can we can we finish this conversation first? I do want to hear about Michael Beasley, but I want to finish the conversation about the banners. I think we should start a petition on the Coast to Coast NBA Pod to send all of the Minneapolis banners back to Minneapolis. Okay, yeah, can we, we can announce that at the end of this podcast. I'll put a little note in. All right, sounds good. <laughs> We are champions of the White National Basketball Association. <laughs> of the White National Basketball Association? The w- yeah, we are the greatest the, champions. The WNBA. We were the original yeah, WNBA the champions. <laughs> the original WNBA champions. How many WNBA championships do we have? Like 10 now? <laughs> if, you in- if you include George Mikan? Because we have four with the Lynx and five with George Mikan or something like That's that. That's nine. Check your math. Whatever. It's pretty close. Nine is pretty close to 10. If if you think nine okay. is pretty close to ten, email us at coast to coast pod at gmail dot com. Tweet us, us, tweet us, tweet us, us. I had too much caffeine. I want to hear about Michael Beasley. Please tweet it us. Um. <laughs> anyway, Troy, why is Michael Beasley your all time favorite Timberwolf? All right, number one. That gif of him rubbing Tolliver's leg. The dude was a character. And he got buckets. He always got buckets. Lethal lefty, man. That's all he could do. He couldn't do anything else. Supportive of lefties. But he always got buckets. 
And I went to high school with a guy that like he met Michael Beasley. Like he kept like sliding into his DMs and everything. He got him to sign a pair of shoes and sent them to him like my senior year. Swear to God. Yeah. Wow. Derek Anderson lives in Milwaukee now. Anyway. <laughs> That's pretty great. It reminds me of Chalanga's favorite Timberwolf of all time. Uh, just so everyone knows, my favorite Timberwolf of all time is uh, Shabazz Muhammad. No better Timberwolf to cheer for in all of Timberwolf's history. The 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 peaks <laughs> and the valleys, mostly valleys. <laughs> but I remember, like my my favorite moment as a Timberwolves fan of all time was when he scored thirty one against the, uh, the the Golden Warriors. State Warriors. Where were you? When Shabazz Muhammad scored 31. I was in the basement of Olive House in Lawrence, Kansas. Shouts to Olive House. Mm. Shouts to Noah Campo. Shouts to Jafar. Love y'all. Shouts to Kenneth. Get it. Uh, Dylan, who's your favorite Timberwolf? Those were not, uh, those are not Jayhawks. Those were friends that I was watching the game with. I know, but I, was, <laughs> I wanted to shout out Svi just because I know how to pronounce his name, okay? My two favorites are Rasho Nesterovich and Troy Hudson. Troy. Shouts to all the Troys in the, yeah. in the world. Good name. Uh, shouts to Troy. Also, Rasho, also a good name. That's the reason why I loved Rasho. Dylan, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't even know who Rasho is. <laughs> Troy and I were both like, who? Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? He nope. won the championship in 2005 with the Spurs. He was a starter on that team, nonetheless, and he happened to play on the Timberwolves. It was in the 2002-2003 season. He, I don't think he played in the 2003-2004 season. Let me just double check. This was before I was a basketball fan, so my apologies, everyone. I was only a basketball fan in terms of I had NBA Live 2001 and 2002. Shouts out to the Kevin Garnett uh, dunking cover from NBA Live 2001. Oh, I wish NBA Live could have uh, not been shitty, and so we could be playing live instead of 2K because they gave Kevin Garnett the cover, but 2K is the better game. Yeah, I don't want to get into it, but NBA Live 2001 was a great game, and 2K started out worse, but now 2K is better. All right, That's my opinion. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this thing. And for all my vegans out there, we're gonna get into the seitan and potatoes <laughs> of this thing with no butter. None. Shouts out to Los Angeles. Shout shout out. Uh, so, <laughs> the Timberwolves had an amazing offseason so far. They acquired nine, well, ten new players now. They just signed today Jalen Noel to a four-year deal, which we will talk about at the end of this. But when we did yes. the planning for this podcast, they had nine new acquisitions because Noel had not signed his contract let's just lie to them and say we were waiting to do this podcast until he signed i'll cut this out let's just lie to them and say oh i'm sorry it's been three weeks but we had to wait until that jalen noel signing okay sorry it's been so long since we've done a podcast uh we were just waiting for jalen noel to sign so that we could uh we can properly introduce him as a timberwolf so here's what we're going to do we did a three-player draft of uh teams between the three of us and we're going to take turns introducing the new acquisitions to the Timberwolves. There are 10 players, including Jalen Noel. So the uh, we'll do Jalen Noel together at the end. But we're going to do a snake-style draft, one at a time, choosing our players that we want to introduce. Um, and uh, we'll look back at the end of the year 
to see whose team played the most minutes. We'll introduce our teams. We'll kind of talk about their strengths and weaknesses, what we can expect from them this season on the Timberwolves, and how they'll fit into the team. Sound good? Sounds good. Y'all ready? I'm ready to win. I will go first because I am amazing. Thank you. With the first pick in the 2019 Timberwolves offseason new additions draft. Name pending. Chalangalangason selects Jarrett Culver. No! Who else could I possibly select? He's the only addition that matters. Jarrett Culver coming in at six foot six and three quarters, so practically six foot seven. Let's say six seven. With a six, nine and a half wingspan and eight foot four and a half standing reach. Uh, And he's thin. 194 pounds. So he's he's got a pretty wiry frame, fairly long. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. In college, he played two seasons at Texas Tech. We all saw him kind of rise in the tournament. Everyone was like, ooh, Texas Tech, where they come from? Who this Jared Culver boy? Uh, he is a really dynamic scorer and playmaker. So this past season, his sophomore year, he averaged 18.5 points. Uh, almost four assists, six and a half boards, one and a half steals with fairly inefficient shooting percentages. But he had a lot of, like the ball was in his hands a lot. There was a lot of weight on his shoulders. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of catch and shoot his second year. Not a lot of catch and shoot. Here's here's what I like about Jared Culver. His first season to his second season, he took a big jump. He got a lot better. All of his stats took a huge, huge jump. Because he they put they put the ball in his hands. They made him the like the primary playmaker of the team. Which is exciting to me because his stats his first season were not terrible. I mean he played twenty six and a half minutes per game. He started in twenty games. You know, he shot he actually shot more efficiently at a lower usage. He shot thirty eight percent from three on four attempts per game compared to thirty percent from three on four attempts per game this year. Um, so he actually shows that in smaller usage roles, he can be more efficient. Yeah. Um, which is like exactly what we want because he's not going to be the primary playmaker on this team, at least not yet. Um, but he also shows the ability that when, you know, when he, the ball is put in his hands and he has to be that dynamic playmaker, that he has the ability. Um, he showed a lot of really uh, incredible clutch potential this season. He had a bunch of buzzer beaters. Um, a bunch of shots late in, late in games, uh, like tough shots from the mid-range. Um, he's, got a, he's got a really great mid-range game, and he's got a great game attacking the rim. Uh, the only problem is that I'm not sure if he has a three-point shot. It's to be decided. Um, he is an okay free-throw shooter. He shot 70% on five-and-a-half attempts per game. Um, I don't think his shot is broken when I watch him. It looks fluid and smooth and easy. I think Dylan, like you said, he's probably better in the catch and shoot than he is off the dribble. Great for the NBA. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see how, how that works. Um, one thing that I did with Jarrett Culver is I kind of looked at his jump from season one to season two. And I tried to find people with similar body types um, who took similar jumps in from their first to second season. And I was surprised and pleased to find some pretty uh, spectacular names that had similar statistical jumps to Jarrett Culver. Uh, So the first person that I found was a 
is small forward shooting guard type at six foot six with a six eleven wingspan and an eight nine and a half standing reach, two hundred seventeen pounds. So he's a little longer and, and and bigger than Jarrett Culver. And this is Andre Iguodala. Oh, good pick. Oh, and he, just like Jarrett Culver, all of his statistics went up from season one to season two. The only thing is that Andre Iguodala got significantly better from the three point line his second season uh, when he was more of a playmaker. Uh, but Andre Iguodala was never as good a shooter as Jarrett Culver is right now, except Andre Iguodala might be a better shooter now than Jarrett Culver is, but he's got his clutch gene. He's just as good in crunch time as he is the rest of the game. That's right. Maybe better. That's right. Uh, and that's another thing about Andre Iguodala and Jared Culver is that they both have that, I think they both really have that clutch gene, which is really exciting. I'm not saying Jared mm-hmm. Culver is going to be Andre Iguodala because I mean he's going to work hard, but he's going to work hard and he's got that similar statistical improvement. The other two are are a pair of superstars. The first one is the one and only Paul George. No. <laughs> <laughs> So Paul George, uh, his first and second season, the, the difference between Paul George and Jared Culver is that Paul George also started every game his, his first season. Um, and then his second season, he just got way better. Um, and Jared Culver is nowhere near the shooter that Paul George is. Uh, Paul, George, Paul George's sophomore year in college, he shot 90% from the free throw line, which is unreal. But Jared Culver is a much better playmaker and facilitator. And I think has comparable defensive chops. And the final comparison is the finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. Um, mm. Another player who is yeah. significantly longer and thicker than Jarrett Culver. Like we said, Jarrett Culver is pretty thin, which, uh, you doesn't know. Have the, go ahead. I think he might be just as tall, but I, he just doesn't have that wingspan that... Yep. Kawhi has. Jared Culver, got, what, seven foot, seven foot two? Yeah, Jared Culver is actually listed taller than Kawhi was when he came into the league. And for some reason, Kawhi is still listed at 6'7", which just can't be true. I just, he I, is shorter than Paul George. Yeah. I saw it in the... Yeah, I think Paul George is listed too short, too, because mm-hmm. I think Paul George is pretty fucking tall. But I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell with people those tall, that tall, but Kawhi, maybe his shoulders just make him look really big. Anyway... <clears throat> Exactly. <laughs> Kawhi came. Kawhi is, uh, you know, came into the league at six six with a seven three wingspan, eight ten standing reach at two twenty seven. So he was significantly bigger than uh, than Jared Culver, but his statistical improvement from year one to year two was comparable. Um, and I just, I really like people who get better, who who show big jumps from year one to year two, because that means they put in the work. That means they were given the opportunity and they didn't squander it. Um, and, the, and they worked really hard to make that happen. So I'm not saying that Jarrett Culver has the potential to be Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or Andre Iguodala, but or I, I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to be those people, but I'm saying that he has the potential to be a star in this league because of his work ethic, you know, which he appears to have. I wanted to give you a different comp because I think that he has more of a playmaking ability than any of those comps that you introduced. I think that he's maybe... Or maybe he has shades of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, that is a great comp. Just because mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell year one to year two was made such a big leap and then ended up being drafted uh, way higher than people would have thought at the beginning of the season. He ended up being drafted, what, 10th? No, he was like, jazz? he was 13th. 13th? Was it that late? Still. Yeah. Dang. 
ended up being drafted in the lottery, and people would not have expected that at the beginning of the season. So maybe shades of someone a little bit of a longer Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, like a little bigger, a little longer. That's a really good comparison. I do want to say that actually Andre Iguodala had always shown playmaking chops. He averaged his sophomore season uh, five assists per game. Oh, wow. Which is more than uh, more than Jarrett Culver. So Andre Iguodala always was a very high IQ uh, player able to you know play make for other people. And the last thing I want to say for Jarrett Culver is that his, his stats were significant, but he was playing against much harder competition. So in his sophomore year, his strength of schedule was a 9.5, which is a, a stat that measures um, your opponent's wins over the average of the NCAA. And so he was at a 9.5. Andre Iguodala was at a 6.6 in his sophomore season. Paul George was a 1.3, and Kawhi Leonard was a 6.3. So he was facing much harder competition than these other players and was performing at a similar level. I'm not sure how much that means, but it's good to know that you know he was performing well against high-level competition. With the second pick in the 2019 offseason, new addition to the Timberwolves NBA draft, name pending, Dylan selects Nas Hollywood Reed. Hollywood Nas, baby! Hey, Hollywood Nas. Tell us about Hollywood Nas. So Nas Reed was undrafted. He went undrafted from LSU last year. He was one of the top prospects in high school. I believe he played in the All-American game or in the McDonald's game. And uh, he just was hampered by foot issues. And he ends up working out with the 76ers and hurts. It might be the same foot, I believe. And after that workout, he dropped in everyone's draft. He ends up signing with the Timberwolves in a two-way contract. And then most recently, we signed him to a four-year, $6 million deal. That's a really good sign, I think, uh, especially given the fact that the Wolves are so short up in the front court. Uh, They liked him so much that they decided, let's keep him on the team all year round and give him some guaranteed money. He showed an ability to stretch the four. He was eight for 21 from three in the summer league and he made over 88% of his free throws. I think that's insane for someone who's like 6'10", Yeah, 6'11". he's huge and mm-hmm. that's we need that desperately. He also has a strong enough handle to be able to drive to the basket and he's able to play make from the perimeter. He he at times is a little bit overzealous with his passing. He can try to force a lot of assists and a lot of cuts to the basket, he can force the pass to. And I think he averaged more turnovers than he did assists. He definitely did, from what I remember, in the summer league. But he still does play make and makes a lot of good decisions. We'll see. He tied the team high of five blocks with my son, Josh Akogi. And so I don't know if he'll be able to be a rim protector, but he showed vague signs of it. His upside is that he could play maybe like a backup center role next year. Uh, I think that that's what we have to look forward to. But he has the right big body and versatility to match Towns offensively and defensively. But he might get stuck behind Vonley. He might get stuck behind Jordan Bell. He might get stuck behind Robert Covington. You never know. Corgi. Because (laughs) right now, Carl Anthony Towns... Since we don't have any more Taj Gibson and we don't have any more Dario Saric, 
we have an eligible bachelor in the front court of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh, that's a good... The most eligible bachelor. That's a good foreshadow, Dylan. We'll talk more about that later. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, our bachelor, he needs a partner in his front court. Well, I think you're right that we that we probably won't see too much of Nas Reed this year just because we're pretty stacked up in the front court and there's no reason to not take it slow with him, especially because he has demonstrated some injuries to his feet, which is always scary with big guys. Yeah. So you wanna we, we definitely want to take it slow with him. What's crazy about Nas totally. is that he just started playing basketball in eighth grade you know really the dude didn't grow up playing he just started playing super recently and i think as per his insta stories like he just turned 20 years old yeah you know there's so much room for him to grow especially with like the right coaching in place i think there's a lot of potential there and i think the wolves really got to steal i'm with you i don't know on the other hand i am in hollywood and i am so i am on the ground floor or whatever they would call it reporting on this story he has no connection to hollywood he is from new jersey and he went to lsu (laughs) i have there is no indication that he has ever even been to hollywood he probably has but uh i'm not 100 percent sure where hollywood comes from but that being said i do support that i support the nickname it sounds so good as a fellow hollywoodian it rolls off the tongue hollywood nas Hollywoodian. All right, with the third pick in the 2019 NBA offseason, new additions to the Timberwolves draft name pending. Troy, who do you select? All right, I'm only picking champions here in this draft, which means I am taking Jordan Bell out of Golden State at just 24 years old, who is also an Aquarius, standing six foot nine with a six foot 11 wingspan, standing reach. Eight feet, eight and a half inches. He's 225 pounds. This dude is huge. 38-inch vertical leap. Damn. He is thick and can jump. Oh, yeah. He, if even the most casual of NBA fans over the past two years um, have watched Golden State and they've seen Jordan Bell play, the numbers are not eye-popping with him. Um, He's played in 125 games for the Warriors um, and his career average over these last two years. Not good. But would you say your eyes are still popping? <laughs> he does pass the eye pop he, test. He, oh, he passes the eye test for sure. Like, you watch him on the court, you know, once again, as a filthy casual fan, it's like, this dude is an NBA player. He's not bad. <laughs> the numbers don't really show much. Um, 3.9 points a game, 3.1 rebounds per game, 1.4 assists, shooting 57% from the field. Not great, but what Jordan Bell brings to a team is per 36 no uh his per 36 (laughs) is not great also uh but what he really brings to a team is uh defensive intensity and that's why the golden state warriors they traded up in the 2017 draft to get him out of oregon um he was the defensive player of the year in the Pac 12 his junior year you can see it on the floor. He plays really well in a lot of switch-heavy schemes. Uh, he's big. He played a lot of center for the Warriors, but he's he's not like a plodding seven-footer. He's quick on his feet. Um, as I said, he's able to switch. He's able to guard a lot of positions. I wouldn't say he's necessarily able to guard all five, but he could give it a good go at three at the very least. Um, and I think what's super important with Jordan Bell is that he's not going to show something that 
Timberwolves fans are really accustomed to with a lot of our players is defensive apathy. Um, <laughs> what did he call himself? A point center? Allegedly, and I cannot remember where I saw this, is that he considers himself a point forward. A point forward. <laughs> which <clears throat> he's looking forward to the opportunity in Minnesota to have the ball in his hands more. He didn't really get that chance in Golden State. <laughs> Under- I'm not sure if any of this is going to happen. <laughs> I'm not either. He's looking forward to it. I'm not going to guarantee it to him. You know, <laughs> is, is he even our backup center at this point? We don't even know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. He's going to get minutes for sure. I think his role on our team yeah, at is least at the beginning of the season. going to be fairly similar to what it was in Golden State. His first year in Golden State, he played about 14 minutes a game. And then this last year in Golden State, he played about 11 minutes per game. And I see a very... When they were less deep, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Because yeah. they were less deep this Less year, deep and, and they needed him more. they had injuries too. Who was it? Damian Jones got injured last year. Um, Pat McCaw the year before. Didn't play half? Um, yeah. yeah, and Boogie was hurt all year. Um, and he played less minutes, which is kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of the thing about Jordan Bell is that he's a little bit mistake prone. And I think he yeah. kind of believes in himself a little bit too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, on a championship level team, you just can't have that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think when he plays for the Timberwolves, though, he'll be given a little bit more leash to do things. I just hope he's not giving so much leash that he thinks that he can bring the ball up the floor or try to dribble right. mm-hmm. or, or <laughs> shoot threes. Do anything. He's uh, never made I, a three in his career. He's taken six <laughs> attempts and he's clanked them oh, all. No. Oh, he, but he's going to be like Andre Drummond this year and just he's going to slay it from three against the Timberwolves. Wait. <laughs> That's my biggest worry is that, in the words of LeBron James, he will be the player who fits out. He's most likely to fit out in this, this our free agency class of 2019. Yeah, yeah. He was suspended for a game by the, by the Warriors, right? During yep. the playoffs. During, during the, the playoffs, finals, right? yeah. I don't think it was the finals. Oh, but it was during conduct. the playoffs? Yeah, conduct detrimental to the team. He wasn't happy with yeah. his role. You know, so that's one thing to monitor with him going forward is that if my prediction is true and that he has the same role with us that he had with Golden State, he's not going to be happy because he's looking for this chance on this one-year deal to prove himself, right. right? To prove that he's a competent player and that he's worth more money than he's getting, which is really not much. We signed him pretty cheap. Yeah, what minimum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, $1.6 million the minimum. Um, so if he doesn't get that role, he could easily fade out of the rotation, which, in my opinion, wouldn't be the worst thing i think we have a lot more promising young talent like hollywood naz that i would rather see get the minutes especially later in the year unless we're like totally in the playoff chase i don't see much of a role for jordan bell and even then if we're in the if we're in the playoff race maybe hollywood naz is it hollywood naz or naz i think it's naz i believe it's naz nazir Mm. yeah so um but it is Shabazz Napier. Oh, Dylan, what a brilliant, uh, brilliant segue. With the fourth pick in the 2019 Timberwolves New Edition offseason NBA draft, name pending. Troy, who do you select? Taking another champion in Shabazz Napier. Shabazz. Or LeBron's, LeBron's pick. LeBron's in the pick for the Heat. 14. Der- yeah, it was the 2014 draft. 2014 draft, and then peace went to Cleveland. 
the Miami Heat took Shabazz Napier. Uh, <laughs> Just to try to keep LeBron. Oh, no. Shabazz Napier out of UConn, where he won two NCAA championships. One in 2011, where he was the backup wow. to Kemba Walker in his freshman year. And uh, in 2014, where Shabazz Napier was voted the most outstanding player. Um, he's 28 years old. He's 6'1", 180 pounds, 6'3", wingspan, 7'9", standing reach. He's a little dude. He's small. Yeah. And that's 6'1", in shoes, man. Like, I'm almost that tall. And I'm not very tall. Mm. Um, and so Shabazz, yeah, what's important with him is that we need to look at him as he's going to be our backup point guard this year. Teague's going to start. Shabazz is going to back up. He is our replacement for Tyus. We signed him as a free agent, and then we were more than content to let Tyus Jones walk. So it's we're going to be he's also short. He's maybe an inch taller than Shabazz Napier. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a big maybe. That's a big maybe. Maybe. Yeah, well, Tyus is listed at six two, but I don't believe it. No, 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 no. Aesthetically they're the same, you know, they look the same, but their play styles are so, so different. Um career stats for Shabazz, not good. Six point four points per game, one point seven rebounds, two assists. 0.8 0.8 steals, 16 minutes a game. Not great. Had a bit of a better year in Brooklyn last year, 9.4 points a game, 1.8 rebounds, 2.6 assists. What's concerning is that towards the end of the year in Brooklyn last year, he had a lot of um, DNP CDs, did not play coaches' decisions. Um, they eventually kind of phased him out of the rotation in favor of other players, probably due to his overall ineffectiveness as he is so prone to do the one thing about Shabazz Napier is that he's a very streaky player I will say when he's on he is a dynamic scorer but apart from that much like my favorite Timberwolf Michael Beasley he doesn't really have a lot else to offer he's he doesn't have really good court vision he's not really that willing to share the ball he's extremely undersized and much unlike Tyus Jones who was a good and active defender uh, Shabazz Napier doesn't really offer that to us. So he's going to be kind of taking a little bit of Tyus's role, but also a little bit of Derek Rose's role in the sense that if he's not scoring, if he's not getting buckets for our bench unit, he's probably going to be a liability for us. And that once again is a little concerning. I think the ceiling for Shabazz for his effectiveness is higher than Tyus Jones's, but his floor is also lower, way, 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 way lower than Tyus Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. I th- I imagine that there will be a couple games where he kind of wins the game for us, and we'll be like ah, <laughs> and then there will be a bunch of games where we're like, what the fuck are you doing? He's going to be jacking up contested that's shots. Exactly and, yeah. who Derrick Rose was. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because Jeff Teague has not been the most durable player in his tenure, so I'm sure we're going to see some Shabazz Napier starts this season. And that's going to be rough. Unless, you know, Jordan Bell ends up starting at the point guard. Hey, man. Hey, you know what I'm hoping for? I'm just hoping for maybe a chance for Jarrett Culver to be a playmaker. Maybe even... Point Wiggs. We saw it at the end of last season. Oh, no. Not Point Wiggs. Yes. Not That's point wigs. Oh yeah, you hear that? Oh, I hear that, Dylan. It's a freezing cold take of the north. Let it chill your bones. 
All right, we're going to take that, and uh, unfortunately, I'm going to give the mic back to you, Dylan, after that <laughs> horrible you. take. With the fifth pick in the 2019 new additions to the Timberwolves offseason draft, name pending, Dylan selects Jake Lehman. No, who I'm renaming Jakob Lehman. <laughs> For what? What? what is why are you doing that? This is the purpose behind <laughs> that. Because white guys are not good at basketball anymore in, in the country that is the United States of America. We have to pretend like he is a EuroLeague player. Yeah, we have to got... pretend that he's from Europe. Jakob Lehman yeah. has a chance to be good in the National Basketball League. Jake Lehman has no chance. No chance. What other Jake in basketball history has ever been good? The Timberwolves today, they tweeted, you know, that meme that's going around with the different uh, lunch tables in the cafeteria. The Timberwolves did that with a bunch of Timberwolves players, and they left off Jake Lehman. (laughs) Sad. (laughs) Oh, no. The reason why he is not at any of the tables is because one of the greatest things about him is that he brings his own lunch to the Timberwolves. Say what? Yes. Is he like a vegan or gluten-free or... Yeah, well, here's the thing. As reported by the great John Meyer, he brings Tupperware containers of food to games. So inside of those Tupperware containers, allegedly, and I, this is not confirmed, sources have not confirmed this, but allegedly it is mashed potatoes and gravy. What so the hell? My dude, packing It has that nothing to do with, with being vegan or gluten-free. That's nasty. Uh, yeah. Um, but... I do like the thing that I do like about that is it shows he's an everyday man. He could he could take the spread that is provided by the Timberwolves, which probably <laughs> includes gluten-free options or vegan options. But he is a man of the people. He is a man of the proletariat of of America. Oh no, do you hear who's coming in? Somebody Oh my god, somebody's knocking on the door. Oh, you said proletariat. No. No, no Bernie, get out of here. No, no one's voting for you. You're too old. Oh my God! Oh my God! He's coming for the mic. Get it. Kick him we out! Have Kick him to out! Stop Dylan. the millionaires and billionaires oh, in this country. God. We have to break up the banks. <laughs> no, break up the no, banks. No. No. Yes, no, we understand. No. We have to break up the National Basketball Association. Bring back the Seattle Sonics. Yeah, we agree with you, Bernie. We agree with everything that you're saying. You're just a little bit aggressive about it. All right, thank you. I will leave, but vote for Bernie. 2020. We are starting a grassroots movement. I know, Bernie. We're starting a grassroots yep. podcast here, and we're trying to record. So if you could just kindly leave the room. Yes, put down the mic. Thank you. All right. Sayonara. Okay, why are you using... That was w- I've never weird. i w- use one word of Japanese. Borderline <laughs> offensive? I don't know. Yeah. I can't tell. But, Dylan, you got to stop saying that P word. You know what happens every time you say it. <laughs> yeah, but he is a man of the people. I can use that word, that P word. And, yes, you can. Uh, that is one of the only good things about him. So here are some other good things. He was a late bloomer in high school and college. He increased his shooting efficiency in each year at Maryland, uh, and that would be his field goal percentage, his three-point percentage, and his free throw percentage. All of those categories improved with each year he was in college. Okay. And in the NBA, his first two years were pretty bad. They did improve, though. He had a PR each year of exactly 4.9 and a 
box plus minus of negative 7.4, and then he improved it to negative okay. 5. Hey, uh, so okay. not very you good. Know, you know I got a soft spot for the people that get better every year. <laughs> but in his third year, he played over three times the amount of minutes that he had played in his first two seasons combined. And he was a rotational level player, bringing his box plus minus up to negative 0.3 and his VORP into the positive at 0.6. Woo. Wow. Not impressive. Okay. So he, but he a is mildly player. above an average player. Yeah. And we've like locked so, him down. So, so slightly above an average player. And we've locked him down for three years, 11.6 million. So it's not horrible. He will play some minutes. Will he start? I hope not. If the if the Wolves ever want to be great, they're going to have to probably start someone a little bit younger. I think he's 25 right now. More on that mm. to come. But he did a, a solid job filling in the starting small forward spot for Mo Harkless while he was hurt. Mo Harkless was hurt at the beginning, and I don't. We talked about this, you and I, Chalang, at the beginning, or in, in, in at the beginning of the year in one of the other podcasts where I was really worried about Portland not being able to win any games without Mo, Mo Harkless, and th- the opposite was true. They went twelve and seven with Jake Lehman starting. Yeah, and he we did call him a, a basketball bit. layman, which was kind of mean of us. <laughs> yeah, and maybe he heard that and he decided to prove us wrong, which he <laughs> kind of did, but maybe not. Yeah, he probably he probably did hear us. You're right. We really <laughs> motivated him. Hey, he is a man of the people. This podcast is a podcast of the people. On Are top you, of all that. Else? No, no, yeah, I have the negatives. You only heard oh, positives yes. so far. But the best I'm sorry, thing about I, him, that's I wanted all to I want leave to on a good note. <laughs> 39.5 inch vertical of the draft combine that's insane <laughs> this boy is athletic don't ever say white men can't jump ever again chilangan i know you keep on saying it to me and it is offensive to my people i say that every day i will say that i i do think that he has he really has been you know misappropriately labeled as a like a three-point specialist when yeah, really that's not. not his game he's more of an athletic slasher type with defensive upside but like white guys just are never labeled as that he's got a lot of grit you know whatever (laughs) yeah he's just a hard nose high motor he's like a a, a hard nose tough good route runner good sorry he's he's his nose is always in the books you know he's just a he's just a classy (laughs) uh, he's a class act no that's what they say about black players that you know that that's how that's what people say about black players who talk like they're white. People say he's a class act. Oh my god. <laughs> so K-Robert anyway, n- let's get on to the <laughs> negatives. <laughs> he played significant significant minutes for one regular season and disappeared in the playoffs last year, playing just 20 horrible minutes in 6 of Portland's 16 playoff games and he scored 5 points and 4 rebounds. Those were all of the regular stats he had. He had no blocks, no steals, no nothing. Five points, four rebounds, no assists. I'm worried about his weight at 215. If he's going to be mm. switching onto power forwards or if he's going to be starting at power forward, I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen next year. But if we're going to be playing the switch defense, he's going to have to put on a little bit more weight to be able to guard bigger power forwards like Paul Millsap, like Zach Collins, like Zion, Marvin Bagley. I don't know what's going on in L.A., but they're all huge. Kawhi, who is still, even after their Patrick Patterson signing, their best option at power forward. Um, And Jermichael Green is still their second best option at power forward. 
But that's just in the West. The other thing, I don't know if he fits into the rotation for the Timberwolves if he can't play at power forward. I am not on your guys' side that Covington would be a great power forward because what I want out of my power forward is with Carl Anthony Towns is someone who can protect the rim. And even if Robert Covington is a great rim protector, he's probably not a top five rim protector. And what he is is a top five perimeter defender. And I want to keep him there. I want to keep him guarding on the perimeter. So I don't. I think that maybe Covington would be an interesting backup power forward if if he's going to get minutes while Cat's off the court. But while Cat's on the court, I want to see a rim protector, someone who who can at least pretend next to him. I think I think that's fair. I I do want to say that I do want to see some Cat Covington Wiggins Akogi Culver lineups for sure. Mm-hmm. That sounds Definitely so not fun. Primarily, but it would be fun to see as an experiment. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to see them just sprint up and down the court and go crazy and switch everything. And I don't know. Anyway, I don't know if if he has a spot. Uh, Jake Lehman, back to Jake Lehman. Um, we also have oh Travion yeah, Jake Lehman. <laughs> we also have Travion Graham, who will come come up later in this draft. And he was Maybe. he he was a two, but he's also t- ten pounds heavier than Jake Lehman at two twenty five, and he has a standing reach of eight seven, which is one inch higher than layman's at eight six mm-hmm. so not a super imp- not super impressive length for somebody who is supposed to have a bunch of defensive versatility or could develop a bunch of defensive versatility or upside or whatever well the good thing is is that we have him signed for three years so if he sucks we have him for <laughs> three years well it's only on th- it's only three million dollars so a rotational yeah, it's player not bad. Million, nothing it's it's not bad i'm sure all of our fans will be so happy that we did such a thorough covering of Jake Lehman. <laughs> Shouts to Tim Komatsu, who probably has no idea who that is. Yeah, and that's All our right. demo, so we're <laughs> definitely not covering our demo right now. So let's quickly move on. All right, with the sixth pick in the 2019 offseason NBA, New Timberwolves addition to the team draft name pending, I select Ty Wallace, Tyrone Wallace, picked up uh, Yeet. from the... Los Angeles Ooh. Clippers. Will he <laughs> yeah, make the who's team? Who's Ty Wallace? Will he make the team? I'm not sure. He is on a non-guaranteed <laughs> one-year deal right now. And now that Jalen Noel is signed, Doubt it's it. not looking too good Ooh. for Ty Wallace here. But let me talk a little bit about him. He's six foot six, uh, six foot nine and a half wingspan. He's about two hundred ish pounds. Um, there was a, a lot of variations of his weight listings, and so he's around 200. He's a big combo guard. He can handle the ball. He played point guard for a couple of seasons in college, played shooting guard for a couple of seasons in college, kind of played an off-ball guard for the Clippers. Um, he is uh, He shows a lot of defensive versatility with his length and size. He's a really good rebounder for a guard. He averaged like six rebounds per game in college. Pretty impressive. Uh, he cannot shoot at all. He is a terrible three-point shooter. Um, never, never shown any ability to shoot the three, but he can attack the basket pretty well. He shoots the mid-range fairly well. Um, he's a decent playmaker. Um, he's got okay vision. Has averaged decent, uh, decent amounts of assists in his college career. My bet is that we will not see Ty Wallace play. I don't think he'll make it to training camp. But yeah, are you taking over under? The over under is half a game. Are you taking the over <laughs> the under in the regular season? Half a game. I'm play. taking the. I'm I'm like hammering the under on Ty mm-hmm. Wallace. 
<laughs> you could have picked an interesting player. There are a couple interesting players left, and you picked Ty Wallace. Way to go, Chalanga. Who's your next pick? All right, with my next pick, I got an even more... Somehow I got more <laughs> uninteresting than Ty Wallace. Uh, I picked uh, the guard at a USC that we signed to a two-way deal, Jordan McLaughlin. Oh, God. Uh, he is six one with a six-and-a-half wingspan. Shout out to my Twitter timeline. He is better than Zach Levine one-on-one. One-on-one, he is probably the only player in the NBA that could beat Zach Levine one-on-one. Follow us on Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA. 100%. Shout out to that Uh, one dude that chimed in, that one like Zach Levine fan Twitter account. I love that. The instant follow, just constantly searching for Zach Levine on (laughs) Twitter. (laughs) Following accounts. Telling me I'm wrong about Giannis. Bro, who are you? (laughs) Wait, I thought I told you, I said you were wrong about Giannis. He said something too. No, he said said probably not Giannis. Yeah. Was his response. Yeah. Which was was awesome. Was was that a bit from him too? Or. It's, oh yeah, he's a total Zach Levine Stan bit account. That's like, like yeah, him and his fourteen followers. Yeah, which we appreciate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I, we had fourteen followers at one point. You know. Oh, we, now we that have was like very recently fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, Jordan McLaughlin from USC. He played four years in college. He is a below average warm body. Player. <laughs> he is a definitely a warm body dude. <laughs> and we need warm bodies in, in the north. In college, he shot forty four percent from the uh, from two uh, from the two point range and thirty eight percent from three point range, which is incredible, awesome. But then he went to the G League and shot forty two percent from two and thirty three and a half percent from three. Um, so below average offensive player at every level of the floor. He is a fine passer. He's got a three to one assist to turnover ratio, which isn't bad. It's not particularly good either. It's just very okay for a point guard. You know, he is the type of player that is not going to wow you in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) But he probably won't make any devastating mistakes. He's not going to overstep. You know, he's not going to try to do anything he can't do. He's just going to try to make a team by making the right choice. True. But sometimes his right choice just isn't good enough. In fact, most of the time his right choice just isn't good enough. <laughs> um, but I will say I think he's a little bit better athletically than I'm giving him credit. I was watching some high school like uh, highlight tapes of him, like his USC prep tape. And, uh, you know, he's he can throw it down at 6'1 and do some fancy dunks. And, you know, he's got some dribble moves and he's got like a little bit of sauce. But um, I think... Now that he's just trying to make the league, he's kind of eliminated all sauce from his game, and he's just trying to do the right thing, which I appreciate. That, you know, is that sauce swag sauce? Oh, it's swag sauce for sure. He, okay. he, 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 like seriously, yo, coming into college, he had some serious swagger. He was like, you know, just like foot, 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 doing like all the little dribble moves. He had like a little hezzy move. He had a step back. He he could throw it down. He I saw some windmill dunks. You know, he was like he had the drip, but now he just like is trying to get a job. <laughs> Did he still have his hair back then? No, no, no. He has short hair. Oh, 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 oh. Did he still have his hair? Yeah. Right, because he's bald. He's balding. Yeah, yes. he had he had hair, but it was he it was always short. Ah. But he didn't have the beard. Shout out the beard. Bald Mamba. Alex Caruso. Bald Mamba. Jordan McLaughlin. I'm so upset with my picks, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. What a I horrible really pick. fucked up. I picked a but player. I think Jarrett Culver is gonna make it 
so that my team plays the most minutes, period, because Jordan, because uh, we'll Jared see is going to play so many minutes. Because right. my pick with the number eight pick in our offseason additions draft, name pending. But name pending. <laughs> name pending. <laughs> Noah Vonley, someone who could ah. maybe start a couple games for the Timberwolves. He, he might be the starting Noah. power forward. We don't know. We'll have to listen to the next episode of the Coast to Coast NBA podcast, our Bachelor Teaser. edition with Carl Anthony Towns. Teaser. Noah Vonley cost us $2 million for one year. He probably wanted more money, but he wanted a guaranteed contract, and he took the opportunity to play a little bit more minutes, maybe, than some other teams that were offering him stuff. Um, so that he could show teams and prove himself for next year's free agency, where, as with every other free agent in 2020, literally, he could honestly be the best player. <laughs> you think so? I no, I don't think so. But look at the other names. There's not much to to uh, to get next year. There are how many starters are slated to be free agents next year? Oh, you're right. You're you, this is a good point. Paul I will say that. though. Free agency, I don't know. Any player can get traded at any time now. I think the culture is kind of shifting towards that. I still think it could be an exciting offseason regardless of free agents. Oh, yeah, it could be an exciting offseason. I'm just saying he there will be more money to go around for him next year, and I think that's why he took this minimum mm-hmm. contract because he's like, there's not enough money anymore. All the big guys got all the money, and now next year is when I'm going to have to prove myself and – Try to get a guaranteed yeah. contract for a couple years. We're going to see some terrible contracts next year. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so for the sake of Noah Vonley. I see three scenarios. He sucks, and maybe KBD, K-Debates Diop, gets more minutes. Maybe someone else on the fringe who's one of our bigs gets more minutes, Jordan Bell. We'll see. But I don't think that's the most likely scenario. The second scenario is that he's good. And he gets the longer guaranteed money that he probably wanted this year with another team. But uh, he makes room for one of our younger guys to step up next year, which is great because we have a lot of young guys who could step into front court roles next year, uh, but maybe aren't ready this year. So I think that that's a good move, even if he leaves and gets the money he wants. Or what if he is that most eligible bachelor for our bachelor, Carl Anthony Towns, and we have to pay him? That's also not that bad of a scenario because he's only 23 years old. Yeah, very he's young. six months older than Keita Bates-Diop, six months younger than Jordan Bell, three months older than Kat, and 1.5 years younger than Jake Lehman, who is 25. I want Kat and wow. Vonley to get married and grow old together. I really do. I want to see it happen. I want to, I want them to be Catherine Hepburn and I forget the guy's name on, on Golden Pond. I want to see it happen. I want to see them live in a cottage on some Minnesota lake together where every day Kat can go fishing and (laughs) (laughs) Noah Vonley can say some really emotional things into a camera. That's all I got for On Golden Pond. Anyone else? Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda, that's right. Oh, I should have known that. That's very embarrassing. I'm supposed to be a professional actor. Uh, that is embarrassing, uh-huh. dude. Fuck, dude. That's so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Guys. Oh, guys. The losers. Dude, so uh, fucking stupid. God. Do you even live in L.A., bro? <laughs> oh, my God. Your Have you seen Noah Vonley's body? It is so oh, sexy. Oh, it's amazing. 
He's so thick. He's a big boy. There big was that Noah. picture online that you were sharing with me, Chilanga, where we were uh, introducing all the signings, and he almost yep. busted right through the seams in his jacket because his he almost busted right his through muscles, it. His muscles are so big. His biceps, specifically, so big, so big. Mm-hmm. He is six nine with a seven foot five wingspan. Damn. What do you think his arm length would be? Like a forty five inch like uh, <laughs> shirt. What is his arm length for his shirt? I I don't I don't I don't even want to think about it. That's scary to me. Whatever it is, it took two tailors just to just to alter his suit. Um, Jesus, he has two hundred fifty pounds on him, and he looks like the skinniest of all of our signings in that picture. I mean, He's he spelt. is all muscle. He is thick mm-hmm. and Yo, dense. Here's what I here's what I like about Noah Vonley is that last season at the end of the season, the Knicks kind of just like. Oh, well, they shut him down at the end of the season, but before that, yeah. they really just gave him free reign to kind of do what he wanted to do. And so we saw a lot of Noah Vonley pushing his limits, you know, like bringing the ball up the court, kind of doing some point forward type of stuff, shooting a lot of three pointers, mm-hmm. which I mean, those things are definitely in his arsenal. They are not particularly good, <laughs> but he's got. He can do it. He's yeah. He he is able to do hey, it. As as versatile as we're all saying Jordan Bell is, in my opinion, I think that Noah Vonley is even more versatile. I think he can guard oh, definitely two to five easily. He's so fast. Definitely. He's so thick. So skinny. And he moves really well. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of upside. I think the coaches just really need to rein him in and give him a pretty prescribed thing of what he needs to do, and he needs to fit into that role. Um, I'm but, less worried about reining him in than Jordan Bell, too. I'm I'm with it. I'm I'm with you on that. Here's the other thing. Um, he shot 34% on two attempts from three last year. That's that's a stretch four. That's something like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially like, if he's going to be, he's a little bit of a rim protector, too. Yeah. He's, he averaged like a block per game. Right? Oh, yeah. And that's next to the block hog himself, Mitchell Robinson. So you never yeah. know. And DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, and DeAndre Jordan, exactly. Like, he didn't have very impressive rebounding numbers, but I do think that he has the ability to rebound. I just think that he had two of the biggest rebound hogs in the NBA on his team starting mm-hmm. like, next to him. So, yeah, um, that's exciting. And, yeah, the best thing about him was that when the Knicks wanted to, wanted to lose the most, they decided to shut him down. And I think that's a really fucking good sign <laughs> that he can play some winning basketball. Somehow, uh, a very likely candidate for the starting power forward position is eighth in our draft. Yeah, which is a little strange. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna blame that on me. I told you, man. I only take champions. All I draft is champions. I just all right. We're gonna move bodies. on. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna move on to our last pick in this draft. Troy, you want to tell us who you drafted? All right. So my team name is Champions and. Travion Graham, <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant, ninth overall in our draft, coming in at 25 years old, a Scorpio in his fourth year, mm. listed as a shooting guard on basketballreference.com. Uh, he's 6'5 and 225 pounds. Big he's boy, huge. Boy. Uh, um, six foot, 10 and a half inch wingspan, eight foot, seven inch standing reach. Wow. Um, he's like a mini Vonley. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. So, Travion Graham, 
his stats are actually fairly comparable to Jordan Bell's. They've played in the same number of games in their career. Uh, Travion Graham That's will a- be entering his fifth year. No one, uh, there is no other podcast in the entire country that has said that Travion Graham and Jordan Bell have played the same amount of regular season NBA games. That is an amazing find, Troy. Hey, wow, that's why we have fun. you here. Numbers don't lie, dog. <laughs> now, what's his per 36? Because that number does not lie. It's per 36. Not 30 good. A game. Actually, <laughs> actually worse than Jordan Bell's. I didn't even Damn tell it. you Jordan Bell's. You don't want to know Travion Graham's. Oh, God, um, I do, though. Tune in next week <laughs> for, for Travion Graham's per 36. Anyway, um, how about some real statistics, statistics that actually mean something Um, in these 125 career games? uh, He's played 15.6 minutes per game, more than Jordan Bell, 4.1 points per game, slightly more than Jordan Bell, two rebounds per game, 0.8 assists, 0.4 steals, Um, 39% from the field, 36% from three. (laughs) Oh, 36 from three? But... But, see, that's good, right? But yeah. last year in Brooklyn, he played in 35 games. He had a hamstring injury last year. Yeah. Um, played in 20 minutes a game, averaged 5.3 points a game, 3.1 rebounds, shot 33% from the field, and 29.7% from three. Ugh. Some reports say that that could be blamed on his hamstring injury, but those are some pretty grotesque numbers. Um You know, what I will say that I do like the most about Travion Graham um, has nothing to do with his NBA career at all, actually. Um, What I like about him and where I think he'll find a fit on our team is that his uh, where he played in college from 2011 to 2015, he played at VCU under Shaka Smart when Shaka Smart was coaching VCU. Uh, if you watch college ball at all, that's about when I started to get into basketball. I always tuned into VCU games when Shaka Smart was their coach. They played fast, up-tempo, full-court pressing, um, weave-heavy motion offense. They were fun. His VCU teams were fun, always fun. They never won the NCAA tournament, but 2010, before Travion Graham got there, they had that huge upset over Kansas, and they were always a yeah, was threat. The they were always... Uh, no, 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 no. Oh. The, 10 to 1. They were a 10 seed the year they beat Kansas. Um, Still. But they were always a threat. People did not want to play VCU um, around that time. Now Shaka Smart coaches at Texas. But anyway, how I think this translates to Travion Graham is that so far we're hearing that the Wolves want to play this fast and quick modern switch-heavy offense, right? And defense. We want to play a switch-heavy defense. That's what Travion Graham's been playing in his entire, like, collegiate career. Mm -hmm. I don't know necessarily if that's been true of his NBA career. I mean, he's played for the Hornets and the Nets. Not exactly reputable. You know MJ's been running that switch defense. And Uh there's nothing MJ loves more than coaching schemes. Oh, wait. <laughs> he hated Phil Jackson. I forgot. And the triangle. <laughs> the triangle, baby. In Travion Graham, who might see the court uh, spitball maybe 10 times this year, um, he's going he's gonna to try, man. <laughs> he's going to. He'll be a good effort player. He, I hate saying that, like, a player is going to be a good energy player because that's, like, code wording for this player is bad. But. 
I think in a, like a severely limited role, especially if his shot improves, he could open the door for more minutes for himself. Yeah. And I think he's going to be a really solid injury replacement. I also just, I want to bring up his shooting numbers. I looked up his three point percentages. So in this last year in Brooklyn, when he shot 30%, he was taking three attempts per game. Whereas before in Charlotte, when he shot 41%, he was at 1.5 attempts per game. And so, you know, it could be a matter of injury. It could be just a matter of volume. Some players are not good volume shooters, you know. Yeah, maybe a little Um, bit of both. The thing that I wanted to point out was in 2016-17, in 2017-2018, he was an above-average player in terms of VORP. None of that is perfect. But he had positive numbers, which is more than Wiggins can say for last year. Maybe ever. I don't I don't remember offhand what his numbers are for that. But yeah, it does show that his advanced stats do show that he was not the same player in the third year, and maybe that was the hamstring issue. And I, uh, yeah, let's let's all hope for him to be able to have a bounce back season. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that you know he's he's another player that's not going to make too many mistakes, but he's not really going to wow you with much. All right, thank you, Troy. Our last thing we got to talk about is our new signing, Jalen Noel, who yeah. uh, we just signed today to a four-year deal, one year guaranteed at I th- about $1.4 million, and then the next three years non-guaranteed. I'm not sure what those guarantee levels are, um, but we got another really sweet contract where we have all the control and flexibility. Um, Jalen Noel is out of Washington. He played two years at Washington. We are not in Tibbs anymore. We're not signing Cole Aldrich to multi-year contracts. Where did you get that phrase? <laughs> From we're Kansas. We're not in Kansas anymore. We're not. Well, yeah, we're not Tibbs. Tibbs. We're not in. Thibs. We're not in Tibbs ass anymore. Tibbs ass. We're not in Tibbs I like ass that. Anymore. I can get behind that. Uh, no, I'm just so excited that we're not signing Jeff Teague to player options. We're not signing like these guaranteed contracts to Taj Gibson and stuff like that. We're getting team options. We're in control of our own destiny. Let's go, Gerson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust the process, man. Uh, the Gersoses. Roses. The Roses. Duh. We're uh, gr- all right. Sorry. <laughs> We're in gross uh, us. So, Jordan, uh, Jalen Noel, he is a dynamic scorer. Uh, he was in college. He's averaged 16 points a game uh, both seasons at Washington. He was a really good three-point uh, shooter he shot 40 percent from the college three doesn't always translate but i mean he seems to be a pretty quality shooter both on and off the dribble uh you know really efficient from the two-point shooting 50 uh, percent from inside the arc he's got a really good floater game he's got a good step back game he's got a nice handle um, he also can pass the ball a little bit. Got three uh, three assists per game and five uh, five rebounds per game his sophomore season. Uh, he was the Pac-12 Player of the Year, right? Yeah, Jalen Noel. Yeah, yeah, yep. Which I always like. I like good college players because generally they're not going to be bad NBA players. You know, I yeah. think it's if they're a good player in college, if they're one of the best players in college and in a conference, they're usually they've gonna got be a good least, work ethic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for Frank him. Frank Kaminsky. I, Come on. Obviously, I don't. Beasley. I don't think Frank Kaminsky is that like that bad of an NBA player. I don't think he's very good, but he's not that bad. Um, <laughs> More on that next. Anyway. Week. <laughs> anyway, Frank I think Kaminsky's that Jalen Noel's got one of the most eligible bachelor, or is going to be Jesus. on our bachelor. Pod. Jesus. 
Uh, I think that J- Jalen Noel's got a chance to play his way onto the court. I don't think that he will have minutes to start the season, just because we do have so so many guards and wings. Um, but he, you know, he I think he's got some point guard ish potential. Um, he for sure can it w- can play shooting guard and and be an off ball guard. But he showed at Washington that he's got an ability to be the a little bit of a lead ball handler and playmaker. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see him play. I think he will get some minutes this season, but it's probably not right away. I think if he does get minutes, it would be great because it would mean that we're transitioning into the style of play that Gerson and Ryan want us to play, which is that switch offense or switch defense that we've all, the versatile defense, switch defense that we've been hammering really hard on this podcast. But, Maybe between him and Jarrett Culver, we have two half-point guards, and we can just share the ball and and have it be more about ball movement than it is about a Jeff Teague-style classic point guard or like a a Ricky Rubio-style classic point guard that maybe fits with Carl Towns, but maybe doesn't. Maybe this is the answer, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to finding out. Yeah, we'll see. He's young. He's 20. Um, his measurements are 6'4 and a half. Six, seven and a half wingspan, yeah, 200 pound frame. Pretty good reach, eight, eight, four, eight, five. What is that? Yeah, somewhere Something like that. Up there. So, yeah, he's solid. He he's got a solid body. Um, anyway, uh, I'm excited to watch him play. Cool. Uh, we got a few things to announce before we end things here. First of all, thank you, Troy, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks, hey man, Troy. thanks for having me. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, we've got some big things coming with Troy, and we'll talk more about that as the summer comes to a close. Uh, we're going to be hearing Troy's vo- voice more often, and maybe you're going to be seeing some other things from Troy. Hey. Um, so Speaking we look forward to that. Often, Eric Jake's band, Oftener. Shouts to Oftener, Eric Jake's, and, and Nate Garola, and I don't know their new drummer. Troy used to drum in Oftener. Yeah. I used to play we were in, in Oftener. Yeah. Troy yeah. and I were both in Offener. Yeah. Shouts to Offener. That's how I met Chalanga. Yeah. Um, listen to their um, EP or more often, streaming on all services. The uh, last we'll, one Chalanga and I were on. Yeah, we'll put in a song at the to close this podcast from that EP. You guys can give it a listen. All right. Uh, I'm not buying it, though. You're going to have to send it to me. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I got you. Uh, <laughs> next week, we're going to be back with a Bachelor-style uh, episode. Trying to find Carl Anthony Towns' dream front court mate. It's going to be very exciting. Um, I can't wait for it. And the last thing we want to mention before we sign off is that we are starting a Bring the Banners Back campaign on this podcast. We I want- have had enough. The Los Angeles Lakers took our team from Minnesota and they took our banners with them. All our George Mike and years. I'm going to put them in my car. Yeah. I'm stealing them. We're starting a Kickstarter, and and we're going to sign petitions. We're gonna, we're, I'm putting them in my Subaru Forester and taking them back. We're going to have a petition. We need some money so that Dylan can um, pay some people to hide him as he's try- es- escaping <laughs> with the banners. <laughs> but we want our George Mike in. We need a baby driver. Oh, that movie is canceled, though. Kevin Spacey. Uh, canceled. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Was, was he in yeah, that? Yeah, he was. Oh, I, don't, I don't even remember that. I block. I literally blocked him out. <laughs> that was a good movie. Anyway, our 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 Kickstarter. Actually, my friends and I were having a conversation. Like, what's the best movie that is now canceled? And that came up. Oh my God, Jimmy! This cat is freaking out. Well, it's definitely Jimmy. It's definitely 
the usual suspects, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Such a good movie. Um, and so we're starting to spring this banners, uh, banner back campaign. Look on our website. We're going to have a petition for you to sign. And uh, we're going to have our Kickstarter page up soon. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to download and subscribe. Give us a rating and review. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA. Follow us on Instagram at Coast to Coast NBA Pod. Send us an email at Coast to Coast NBA Pod at gmail.com. And tell your friends to listen to this episode. Listen to the Eric Perkins pod. There are so many things you can do to support us without actually having to do anything difficult. You don't have to do anything. Just press the five-star button on Apple Just Podcasts. download. Just auto-download. Five-star is a, it's literally one button. You don't even have to review it. And then auto-download, and then we'll get some, we'll get some uh, fake download numbers, and then maybe someday we'll have somebody actually sponsor our podcast. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, if you leave us a rating and review and you let us know who you are, we will give you a sticker. We got stickers in the mail, and we will send them to you. Stickers? All right. Chalanga, congratulations, by the way. Oh, yeah. You just got a job in, in, min- in Minneapolis. Yes, I did get a job in Minneapolis. I'll be... Uh, Chalanga's going to be staying in the Middle Coast. I'll be in the Middle Coast. I'll be working at Bancroft Elementary as a lead behavior guy. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. That's my in boy. Middle Coast with me. Uh-huh. Hell yeah, brother. So, we're not rebranding because we already have stickers. We have very expensive polos with the name on it. And we do want to honor how we started. But congratulations on moving back to the Midwest, baby. All right. We really stuck the landing on this one. Bye. Bye.
podcast. All right. Outtakes. <laughs> outtakes. These are funny. Everybody, we're laughing. We're having a good time. Ha 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 ha. Oh, everybody loves a good blooper. Troy's roommate just got home. Hey, Hunter. Oh, hey. What's up? Are you going to blend? Do it, yeah, but we'll cut it out. Go blend right now. Sorry, Hunter's got to blend a smoothie Dude, really quick. Hunter's really ripped and needs blend, to bro? drink his protein with fruit and other things that he puts in there. Do you blend, bro? Do you? Bro. Bro. <laughs>